Hello, and welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. It's a Red Friday in Chiefs Kingdom as they finish up their preparation for Sunday's AFC Championship game against the Cincinnati Bengals. We heard from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and tight end Travis Kelsey. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Patrick Mahomes, and we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll finish things up with Travis Kelsey. Here's Andy Reid. Okay, so um, the bad uh, Tyrant, so he's still in the protocol, and um, but he did practice today, and um, you know, we, we think he'll be he'll be ready to roll here in a day or so. So but we'll find we'll see tomorrow. Other than that. Um, listen, we, we look forward to this challenge of playing Cincinnati there. We, we know they're a heck of a football team. I may have told you that the last few days here, but um, my, my feelings haven't changed. They're, they're uh, tremendous, uh, well-coached, and, um, and they've got good players, um, and they play hard and aggressive football. So uh, I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like our guys have had a good week of practice. Uh, we'll finish it up to, today, and we'll kind of um, do our walkthrough part tomorrow, but uh, the guys had a good, had a, had a good practice this week. So um, look forward to, again, playing in front of our fans at, at Arrowhead. I know be packed and loud and so on. It was a bad time, George. We'll go first to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey coach, uh, a lot has been made this week about Travis and, and Patrick and the trust in them. And Travis was just talking about how when he first started, uh, the offense was was kind of just you driven and you told them exactly what to do. It's developed into player friendly um, with this game coming up. I, I'm just wondering if you could give us a glimpse into how much of an advantage, given how much parity in the league there is to having a fourth year quarterback, eight year tight end, you know, five or six year wide receiver and been able to build upon that as the years go on. Yeah, I think, listen, I, I think that's that's great um, to have that. <clears throat> but uh, as you've seen, uh, their team has a chemistry there too. So, but I'm, I feel fortunate that we have the guys we do and that they've had an opportunity to play together. Uh, you know, well, we'll, this, uh, you know, anyways, I, I, I appreciate that. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, and I'd have a quick follow-up if I could, Brad. Uh, Coach, with the teams playing more and more uh, aggressively against you guys and going forward on fourth down, uh, does that change kind of your approach? Do you feel uh, you know more obligated maybe, or, or are you considering the, to have to go forward on fourth down more often to maintain the possession? Well, we you know we've done that the last few years, just uh, <clears throat> of going forward. We feel like at the right time. I mean, it's a subjective decision on my part to do that and. Um, I, I'll take each one individually and just see kind of where we're at. So, um, I, that's, uh, we don't mind doing it. Uh, but you know, there's a time and a place where we feel that we need to do that. And then I, I remember, uh, I think it was the, the first training camp Patrick was here. You guys were working on like a two minute drill and, uh, he had a big throw the first time and they went, you know, you guys went on down and scored and everyone was asking you questions and you said, Hey, it really helps when you you get that big chunk early, right? Like, so going back to my point being going back to the first time he was really kind of practicing it, he was taking those big chunks. Is that part of what has made him so successful is that he stretches the field all the time that when he gets into those, you know, tight moments, it's nothing new to him. He's always looking to go down the field. 
Yeah, well, he has that ability. He has the, the arm strength to, to do that and the accuracy to do that. So, you know, we've and he's he's done it since he's played. He did high school. He did it in college. And then we just kind of incorporated that here. So uh, we know that's one of his strengths and we try to play to that. Uh, and I think the thing he's developed more so this year than in the years past is the ability to check it down. And, and uh, he's really done a nice job with that. Let's go next to Herbie Tiope. Go to Herbie. Hey, Coach. Uh, some internal house cleaning stuff here. On yesterday's injury report, Daryl Williams showed up as a limited participant. How much of that was precautionary, and, and what are you expecting for him on Sunday? Yeah, listen, I think Herbie's going to be okay to uh, – right, so we're, we're limiting him our, ourselves, not not him limiting himself. So we, we've, we just don't want his toe to flare up, and it's been great so far. So – we want to keep it that way. Yeah. We'll go next to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. Coach, earlier this season, we kind of went back and forth talking about the identity of this year's team. And I kind of want to ask it a different way this time, coming off the heels of the 13 seconds and everything that happened in the divisional round. What can that kind of victory do for uh, the identity of the group that you have this year, knowing that there's still games to play, obviously? Yeah, so, I mean, it was a crazy weekend in the NFL. I mean, you had three three walk-offs or whatever it was, uh, field goals and that. So uh, it seems like everybody experienced it that's playing this this week, you know, of some sort. Um, but, I, listen, it doesn't – it surely doesn't hurt you uh, to have something like that. It, uh, I think our guys are confident uh, that that they can play and, and do well. I'm not saying that, but um, it doesn't hurt that that part of it. Um, and it probably doesn't, doesn't take it up another 10 notches or so, but listen, they, they, I think they, all the teams, I think know that they're good right now. And, and as, I mean, nobody gets here by a fluke. So they're good teams. Looks like we've got two more. We'll go Harold and then Vahe. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Andy, uh, you know, 16, 16 wins or 16 years where you've had 10 plus wins. You're going to your conference championship number seven now, of course, with the Philadelphia and now Kansas City. Just when you get to this you know, moment with the conference championship, you know, you're as experienced as anybody in the history to leave with this. How do you how do you deal with this moment with these guys and, you know, having that experience? How much does that help you into a game like this? Yeah, I, I want them to enjoy the experience, uh, uh, be themselves and, and play hard and aggressive. Um, prepare during the week um, so that they they can play to their best ability and then whatever happens happens but prepare yourself to do that and uh, I don't know if that's through experience or not but I you, you want the guys to <clears throat> to make sure that they can maximize uh, what they've got um, and as a football player and mentally and physically so that's that's how I approach it go last to Vahe goodbye <laughs> Andy, I know you're always eager for the change of pace question this time of year. So I, I, I'm curious if you have any uh, feelings about the number 13. A lot of people are superstitious about it. Did you ever have any any feeling of superstition about it before or anything different now? You know what? I, I haven't. I'm not, I'm not really superstitious. Uh, I haven't got to that, that point. You know, I play baseball, too, which is I, mean, I know that's an amazing thing. You're not superstitious. So. Coming out of being a baseball player, those guys all have their quirks. So, but I've, I would never got into that. That's Coach, probably why I was a good baseball player. By Doug, got it. 
<laughs> Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. All right. You guys be safe. Andy talked about, and it looked like based on the film from your first matchup, that Cincinnati really mixed up its coverages in the secondary, particularly with its safeties. It seems like you're a guy who prepares for anything anyway. So when a team does that, does that change much of your preparation for a game? Um, it doesn't necessarily change it, um, but it's definitely it, – it, uh, it makes you have to focus on answers for every single play versus every single coverage. Uh, you try to do that every single week, um, but especially – when you play teams that throw out a lot of different pitches, you want to be prepared, and uh, you don't want to you don't want to get into a play and not have an answer and 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 have a negative play. You want to find a way to have a positive, even if that's a short gain, uh, or just getting the ball to your hands. Um, and uh, that's what I'm gonna try to do. So next to Aaron Ladd, go ahead, Aaron. Patrick, I'm curious, just very generally, what you think the biggest obstacle this team has overcome this year to get to this point? Yeah, I think it's just the, the battling through adversity whenever things aren't happening the, the way we wanted it to. Um, we hadn't dealt with that in my career so far of, of struggling so early on in the season and having to find a way to have success other ways. And I thought guys did a great job of that. I've stayed with the process, seeing the long-term goal, uh, but understanding it's to take getting better every single day. And I think that was something that we really focused on this year and we did a great job with. Let's go next to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Patrick. Uh Curious if uh, before Sunday or even after Sunday, you were ever superstitious about the number 13 and uh, how you might look at that now if it was different before. I never was uh, uh, too bad about that, about the number 13. I actually was the number 13 when I was a little younger, uh, when my dad played on the Rangers and, then, and I was Alex Arriga's fan. And then uh, he went to the Yankees and had number 13. So I had 13 uh, back then now that you say it, but never had necessarily a lucky or unlucky number for me. Thanks to James Palmer. Go ahead, James. Hey, Patrick, so much of our questions have been about different coverages that you've gotten this year and the way it's all changed. So so I'm curious now when you, you look out in front of you, how quickly are you dissecting things compared to the beginning of the season? And then how often are you making changes? You obviously get multiple plays and, and things like that, but how often do you change things at this point in the season? Um, I think it's a mixture of both. Um, you have to diagnose stuff before the snap, and then you have to be able to adjust to it after the snap and uh, that pre and post snap uh, adjustments. And I think it helps out to have guys like Tyreek and Travis that uh, recognize coverages uh, on the run and able to adjust their routes. Um, but I think Coach Reed does a great job of having answers versus every single every on every single play for every single coverage. It's about me recognizing the coverage, getting the ball in my hand, and getting it to those guys at the right time. So uh, we definitely have audibles and, and different different things we change to before the snap. Um, but at the same time, we like to be able to adjust on the fly and post-snap as well. We'll take two more. We'll go to Matt McMullen first. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Patrick. A quick off-the-field question for you. Your foundation is doing a pretty cool thing today. You're delivering more than 500 pizzas to area schools as a reward for kids for uh, performing well in your 15 Read for 15 program. Uh, how exciting is this for you to combine all the excitement in Kansas City about the game with uh, a great thing in helping these kids out? Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what we want to do. I mean, we want to set an example. We want to um, – we want to keep continu continuing improving uh, school for our, our youth youth and kids and, and make sure that's the next generation. That's the ones that are going to make this world an even better place. And so uh, the read for 15 thing was, it, it has been a great about getting kids to read and learn and stuff like that. We want to reward them for their hard work um, because uh, it, like I said, it's gonna make the world a better place. And uh, whenever Sterling grows up, she's on a generation before her um, that that's doing that. Go next to Pete Sweeney. Go Pete. Patrick, it is sort of a partnership, I guess, related question, but this whoop rating of your heart rate being calm before these big snaps has been making the rounds. I was just curious, 
if you're talking to like a young quarterback, what, what do you maybe say to him when you're going through these big time situations to kind of keep control of the, the huddle and, and yourself really? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it all goes down to focus. It's about doing what, what you're expected to do every single play. You kind of have that little checklist of what you're looking for, what you need to recognize and the answers that you have. Um, and uh, coach Reed and coach Bianami, coach Kafka, give me those answers before every single play. Uh, so I try to recognize the coverage diagnose that have answers and then and then go and do my job you can't put too much on yourself um you have to let these other guys make plays and we have a lot of great guys around me um and so that's why I think that it kind of goes down is because I'm just going through my checklist and uh and trying to focus in on what what I need to do to, in order to have success um and uh luckily enough it, it worked in our favor this last week you just heard from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes now we'll finish things up with Travis Kelsey Hey, Travis, simple question. You know, what's it mean to you guys to be in four consecutive AFC championship game? And does the, the approach any different from the last three that you've played in? Um, no, not at all, man. It's, uh, it's, it's another step to get to our ultimate goal, which is the Super Bowl. And uh, by no means are we looking past this, uh, but it's just uh, it's just checking things off the list that we've started and that, that we've been uh, trying to achieve since back in training camp or OTAs when we uh, when we first started this uh, this journey. And it's just um it's an honor, man. It's an honor to bring it back here to Kansas City, uh, where we know the uh, the football football world is loved by uh, by Kansas City and uh, Chiefs Kingdom. And it's uh, like I said, just an honor to to play in another one. And you'll see us go out there and give it give it our all, man. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh Travis. Uh, this year, when you started out three and four, I know you guys had a theme last year you know, the run it back tour. And that, that seemed to kind of get you guys going early. As you look back at it, was one of the things you guys had to overcome, the fact that, you know, and not complacency, but just what, what can motivate you through a long 17-game season when you know you're going to be defined by what you guys do now in the postseason? Um, I think that it's uh, something like that has set in to, to some people's mind. For me, it's just, it's just opportunities, man. Taking advantage of the opportunities, being grateful that, you know, we get to play this game is – and you know, not not only that, we get to play it at a high level where uh, where we got a lot of eyes watching in the playoffs. So it's just making a making sense of everything that we're doing in the in this building, uh, putting it to work throughout the week, and then going out there and just playing free football. Man, can't think about all the all the extra stuff like that. Next to James Palmer, go James. Hey Travis. Uh, Tom Brady has said it multiple times now. The longer he's been in the league, he just when he looks at defenses, it's just he's seen everything. I don't want to say you're 45, but you've been around and you've seen a lot of things. How often when you go out in a route, are you kind of confused by something or do you really have a pretty good grasp almost every time about where you can find that leverage, find that hole? Um, whether it's, you know, post-snap or pre-snap reads, you know, you just got to go out there and play off instinct. So you got an idea of of what you want to get done and you have an understanding of the intentions of the play caller. Um, and then on top of that, you know what the routes are around you. So you just got to be able to, you know, put all of the puzzle together to be able to, to paint a clear picture for the quarterback so that, you know, it's just, it's flawless operation. And from there, you know, whether it's a pre-snap or post-snap, like I said, uh, it's all going to declare itself. And um, yeah. Let's go next to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Travis, um, a lot, a lot of people are superstitious about the number 13. And I'm, I'm curious about whether you ever were, or if that's looked any different in the wake of what 13 seconds has come to mean now, if that number holds any meaning to you. 
Uh, my brother wore number 13 growing up in, in hockey and lacrosse and baseball. And um, he was always beating up on me. So that's the only negative uh, thought that I have on, on, on the number 13. This past weekend kind of brought some light to it for the first time. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Brad, I've got a couple. Uh, real quick one first, Travis. Uh, obviously, we, we know the meaning of Tony Gonzalez here in Kansas City, but why the shirt specifically today? Honestly, just just repping my repping my guy, man. The uh, the legend. I just uh, I, it was the one hanging up in my locker at the at the moment when we just got jumped off the field. So I was like, you know what? Why not rock some eight eight today, man? And uh, on a red Friday. Cool. Um, and then to to build off of what James asked, how how often does your route actually change after the snap? Where you're planning to do one thing, but you see something and you alter your route. I mean, it's all it's. It's all up to Coach Reed's kind of design on on every certain play. It's uh, there's not he's trusted a lot of what we do out on the field to be uh, more friendly and more, you know, uh, just make the job for the quarterback a little bit easier by getting open earlier or finding a different void. Um, But for the most part, I mean, it's it's in Coach Reed's playbook to be able to give guys that freedom and understand that, yeah, I'm going to dial this up when I know that it's this coverage or that coverage. And based off of which one presents itself, that's the route. Uh, that you need to switch it up to. And it's, I mean, it's been going on a lot longer than just this season uh, since Coach Reed's been working with, I know, the Eagles. Uh, there's a lot of film of guys running it back then. Um, but, you know, I think he trusts the guys uh, that have uh, that have kind of grown in this offense because we understand the the intentions of the play caller and uh, he the way he teaches it and this offensive staff teaches it, uh, it makes it uh, easy to understand. And, and especially once you, start to gain more and more reps uh, throughout the years. We'll go last to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Travis, this sort of builds off of, of Sam's question. Um, given that when Andy got to Kansas City, obviously everybody knew it would be his offense. I'm just wondering how much ownership do you feel like the players have in terms of uh, suggesting ideas, suggesting things for the for the game plan that week? Um, is it fair to say that that this is more collaborative than when maybe you began with Andy in 2013? Uh, without a doubt, it's more collaborative. I think we had kind of a younger team on the offensive side outside of Alex Smith and uh, a few offensive linemen and obviously Dwayne Bowe and, J- and Jamal Charles. But it was it, for the most part, it was a really the, the core guys were really young, just trying to understand the offense. And um, throughout the nine years or eight years that we've been here, I mean, it's just uh, it's gradually grown into a player friendly offense where we can do stuff like that. But uh, I'm, I'm always in coach's ear, giving him some ideas. But at the end of the day, he's got 51 percent. Uh, so he, he'll, he'll be the one dialing them up and drawing them up. But uh, I, I definitely think he hears the suggestions that, that guys think they can uh, they can help out the offense in certain ways and, and run certain routes to get open.